Hey there, Darren Garman here, and welcome to this episode of the Heartland Multifamily Show, the place for all things multifamily. And I am excited about this episode because it is the battle episode. That's right, the battle episode. What, what am I talking about, battle episode? In this episode, we're going to talk about commercial property versus multifamily property. That's right, commercial property versus multifamily property, and we're gonna have the battle. The battle is, which of these properties should you invest in? Which of these kinds of properties should you own? And which of these kinds of properties should you pay attention to? Is one better than the other? We're gonna have that battle in this episode. I'm really looking forward to it. Welcome to the Heartland Multifamily Show, the shorter, more profitable path to multifamily ownership and investing. Now, before we get into the battle of this episode, just a couple of things. First of all, if you like what you see, what you hear here on the Multifamily Show, make sure you click the subscribe button because you are at the home of all places all places, multifamily. Okay, that's number one, all things multifamily. Now, number two is I would love to hear from you and would love to hear your comments. So if there's anything that you want to talk about, anything resonates with you on this episode, especially the battle episode, I'd love to hear from you and respond and reply to your comments. Make sure you do that below. Okay, let's go ahead and let's jump right into the battle. And we're going to talk about, first of all, the bad things, the negative things about commercial and multifamily property. We're going to talk about the bad things, and we're going to end with the good things to consider about each of these. Now, we could have a long list, really, of negative things about commercial property and negative things about multifamily. Same goes with real positive things about commercial property and multifamily. We could do that. So what I've done here in this episode, the battle, is really three negative things you need to know and the three positive things you need to know about each of these properties, both commercial and both multifamily properties. And then at the end of this, you and I are going to decide who has won the battle, which of these properties have won the battle. So let's talk about commercial property first. And let's talk about the first negative thing about commercial properties. And it's really this. It's really about commercial properties lend themselves to long vacancies, large vacancies, and also specialized knowledge. Now, that's not really three things. That's really one thing, but it all goes together with commercial property. See, the problem with commercial property is once you have a vacancy, those vacancies tend to be for a long period of time. Months are not uncommon. And actually, in some commercial marketplaces, commercial real estate markets, years are not that uncommon. You can have a commercial property with vacancies for months and years. That's a long vacancy, my friend. And it really has nothing to do with how good of a marketer you are, how hard you're working at the property. It's due to really economic and market conditions, things that you can't Control. And along with that is specialized knowledge. I mean, when you deal with commercial property, you need to know terms like per square foot rent, 
build out, common area maintenance fees, pass-throughs, net rent, gross rent, triple net rent, etc., etc. Do you know anything about what I've just said? Do you know any the definition of any of those terms? Quite frankly, most people don't, and that's okay, but that just shows you you need to not only have that specialized knowledge going into being an effective commercial real estate owner or investor, man, you got to be ready for those long vacancies. I remember we used to have a warehouse property we owned that was over 60,000 square feet. How long do you think it takes to fill a 60, an empty 60,000 square foot property? Let me tell you, it's months and can even be years. So that's the negative part number one in this battle. When it comes to commercial property, the negative thing is long vacancies, months or even years, as well as having to have that specialized knowledge in that commercial real estate world to be effective. All right, so that's number one. So let's go over to multifamily. Negative thing about multifamily in this battle. Negative thing number one, and it has to do with, that's right, property management. Multifamily is heavy management, heavy on the task property management. Why? Because you're dealing with people. I mean, if you have multifamily communities and you have a few of them, you're dealing with hundreds or even in some cases, thousands of people. Well, that requires a lot of intense, day-to-day, boots-on-the-ground property management. <clears throat> it's a people business. Okay, so that requires a lot of work. That requires a lot of staff. And that also requires a lot of knowledge, knowing what you're talking about when you're having those continual communications with other people. And not only that, think about repair, maintenance, work orders, etc., etc., lawn care, snow removal, hallways clean, common areas looking good. You name it. <clears throat> How about Karen can't get along with her neighbor Sally and they're having a little tiff and a little fight. And guess who's dealing with that? That's right, the management. I could go on and on and on. Heavy duty, daily cares of life management is what multifamily requires. Okay, so that's negative aspect number one for commercial and multifamily in this battle. All right, so let's go on to negative aspect number two, but let's go back over to the commercial side of things. And it is this. Tenant improvement costs. Tenant improvement costs, okay? What a lot of people don't realize with commercial property is after you buy the property and you invest in it, and this is whether it's an office building, whether it's a retail property, whether it's maybe a warehouse property, you're not done investing. Even though you've invested money in that property to buy it, now you have to be thinking about and worrying about Tenant improvement costs. What are tenant improvement costs? Tenant improvement costs are simply this. You have a vacant space. Let's say in your retail strip center, and let's say it's 3,000 square feet. In walks a company like, oh, I don't know, let's just say Verizon Wireless, okay? And full disclosure, I have no relationship with Verizon Wireless. I'm just using them as an example. So Verizon Wireless comes in and they look at your space and they're like, yeah, we might, like to lease this space. And you're thinking, man, Verizon Wireless, this is a <clears throat> Fortune 500 company. They might want to lease my space. And wow, this is exciting. Until Verizon Wireless says, well, 
yeah, can you go ahead and finish the space out to our specs, to our specifications? And by the way, we'd like to have uh, these three stations over here. We like to have the HVAC work over here. We like to have this done, that done. We like to have this kind of flooring, this kind of carpeting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Pretty soon you're like, oh my God, what's this going to cost? Oh, they hand you the bill. Oh, by the way, it's going to cost you $275,000 to finish the space out the way that they want it. You're blown away. Why? Because you weren't expecting tenant improvement costs. And here's the crazy thing. Let's say you agree to do that and you spend all that money. Verizon Wireless leases it from you for, let's say, a number of years. They move out. Someone else moves, wants to move in. Guess what they're going to ask you again? Are you going to take care of the tenant improvement costs? You see, tenant improvement costs, for the most part, when you own a commercial property, is a never-ending game of continued investment and expense that not a lot of people think about. Okay, so that is a negative part of owning commercial property. Number two, ongoing, expensive tenant improvement costs. All right, so let's go over to multifamily now negative aspect of owning multifamily. It has to do with this. Regulations, regulatory interference from bureaucratic sources. Okay, so for example, let's talk about rent control. Okay, rent control is a fact in some places around the U.S. It's talked about in many other places around the U.S. Okay, how about housing inspections? How about... Um, a city decides they want to impose a new tax because the district that your apartment property or apartment community is located in, they want to build a new city facility close by. And by the way, they think you should pay for some of those taxes for that facility. Okay. When you own multifamily property, because it is a place where people live and a place where people are housed, you are now open to more regulatory changes and scrutiny. As a matter of fact, in one of the largest cities in the United States here just two months ago, there was rent control enacted, okay? You don't really have control over that when you own a multifamily community and the politicians decide that that's something they think they need to do for the welfare of the people, which we can argue and have some debate about, of course. But do you think that's happening with commercial property? Do you think there's any rent control conversations, any bureaucratic processes talking about anything like that with a retail property, with a commercial property? No. But when you own multifamily, you're open to more regulatory items, regulatory scrutiny, scrutiny from places like the media and other places when you own those properties because you are as a landlord, a de facto easy target for those kinds of things with multifamily. Okay, so that's negative aspect number two with multifamily is you're open to more regulatory scrutiny, interference in your business, telling you what to do and how to run your business because it's a place where people live. All right, let's go to number three, negative number three with commercial property. And it's simply this. And a lot of people realize this. When you buy a commercial property and then rent it, whether it's retail, office space, whether it's warehouse, industrial, you're really betting on the business that is in it. And you're really investing in the business's 
located in the commercial property, you're not really investing in the commercial property. Let me say that again. When you buy a commercial property, you invest in it and you continue to own it. You're really continuing to invest and own in the businesses that occupy those properties, not really the property. Why? Because how much rent they pay you, how timely their rent payments are to you, is based on how well those businesses do, isn't it? And so you're really at the mercy of how good that business owner is, right? That's really what you're at the mercy of when you own a commercial property. I could give you dozens and dozens of examples of commercial properties that we own now and that we have owned where we're pretty much at the mercy of how smart those decision makers are, how good they are at running their businesses as to whether or not they're going to not only pay their rent, but pay their rent on time or whether I have to have conversations about maybe reducing the rent, increasing the rent. What are we going to do? Because not has any has nothing to do with the property, nothing but how functional or dysfunctional they are as business owners. And most investors don't understand that. I want to make sure you understand that's the case. So negative part number three about commercial property is simply this. You're really buying the skill level of the owner of that business in that occupies that commercial property that you're going to lease to, that currently occupies it, that will someday occupy it, versus the actual property itself. Okay, all right. So let's hit negative part number three with multifamily property. This is fun. I mean, the battle is going on and I'm loving this battle. Negative part number three about multifamily property is simply this. You don't have control over the neighborhood that your multifamily property is located in. So you can't control what happens next door, a block down the street, three blocks down the street that can affect how well your multifamily property operates. It, it can affect how residents, current and future residents, see your property. Let me give you a quick example. I used to own, with another one of my partners, a 60-unit property in Southern Iowa. Okay, And properties, we bought it, properties operating fine, except a couple of blocks away, there's a heavy police presence. There's drugs going on. There's some gang things going on. Okay, And as we own this property, this problem becomes worse and worse and worse. We don't have any control over it. We don't own those properties. We're hoping the owner, we're actually contacting, you know, saying, hey, can you, can you try to really do something over there? Police are there all the time. Our residents are concerned. They're scared. Hey, man, they, you know, they're wondering whether they should live there. This really became evident to me when one day I'm visiting our property manager there having a conversation. And as we're talking, he gets a phone call. He's on his cell phone from a prospective tenant that is somehow kind of lost in getting her way to our apartment community so she can go to her unit, possibly rent it. So he's on the phone and he says to me, do you mind if I go outside and kind of direct her in to the office? I can meet her and I can, sure. So I actually go with him. I'm looking forward to maybe meeting this resident, you know, as the owner giving her, you know, that, that added touch, the owner's touch when she shows up. Here's what happens. She gets there. She pulls up in her car. She sees where the property's located. She hits the gas, squeals out of there. She's out of there. 
There's no way in hell she's going to rent our apartment. It was actually funny. I start laughing. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. She was here to rent. She figured out what was going on down the street. She had somehow heard and knew what was going on next door, what was happening. She didn't want a part of it. She squeals out of there. She's gone. Well, that's the bad news about owning multifamily. You can't control what goes on around you. That's just out of your control. So obviously you've got to do the best job you can to select the best area. And you've got to not only scout where your apartment community is at, but what's going on around there. And I cover that kind of information and strategy in other episodes. So we've covered three things. All right. Commercial, bad, bad things. All right. Three things, multifamily, bad, bad things. And they've had the battle. What do you think is worse? Is there one category, apartment, multifamily, or commercial that you consider, oh, based on those three bad areas you've covered on each one of those, Darren, I'm, I don't think that's where I want to go. So I want to thank you for joining me on episode one of two regarding commercial real estate versus multifamily and the battle between the two and which investment is best suited for you. Now, Keep in mind, you are at the channel for all things multifamily. So would love for you to subscribe and keep in touch with more timely information like we've got on part one here of this video series. So please make sure you subscribe to this channel if what I'm talking about in this episode and what I'm going to talk about in the next episode, of course, resonates with you. Also, I would love to get your feedback. So leave your comments below. We'd love to hear what you've got to say about episode one and what we've covered and get back to you regarding some of your comments. So let's now go to get ready for episode two.